On this week's episode, just where are we at with Apple Plus? Has Nintendo been fully behind Pokemon Snap? And did Josh get his answer on grilling steak tacos? All this and more as we get some smoking hot confessions as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, popculturecosmos.com, and Humanican Media, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. It's the real Josh Shady of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to see what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His awesome podcast, the Super BS Gamescast, and Topic Apocalypse, plus his award-winning book, because I give it the award, because I think it's really cool. Congratulations, You Suck, which you got to get today at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? I picked up Resident Evil Village on Friday. I've been sitting there playing it, and I got to tell you, man, like, it's pretty uh, intense, you know? That's the only word I can think to describe it. Like, I'm reading the reviews saying, like, it's a great mixture of action and horror, and they're they're right. It's been a pretty great experience so far, but also very terrifying. Yes, uh, I heard the rumors and the reviews, and the I've seen a lot of the footage already, and it looks really good. I am amazed as far as the overall look of it, the animations, the the movements of the characters and NPCs, the facial animations. As For me, facial animations during speech is one of the biggest things I've had to deal with and overcome as far as you know, not being too picky over the course of the past 25 years I'm playing mm-hmm. video games. And I think that this is one of the best examples of dialogue being translated so well into a digital form as far as a video game is concerned. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, do you remember those Resident Evil like CG movies that they used to do? That's yeah. what it looks like. All the cutscenes look like that. Everything is very fluid. Yes. Um, you don't get any of that. Like, I don't know, like Mass Effect has always been really bad at that. It's like making the mouths open too wide or not open at all during dialogue. Get ready for more of that coming up on Friday. Mm-hmm. This feels very natural. Looks very natural. Like it, you know, if you're running it on for, on a 4K television with your HDR settings on, I don't know. It looks almost real. Is the only way I can think to describe it. And because of that, it makes the game even more terrifying. And for those of you who are on the fence about it, like Resident Evil Seven didn't do a great job of showing you like what exactly you need to do. But this game, it kind of like holds your hand a little more. And I, for one, appreciate that. Something that. I know it's getting a lot of good press. Uh, I know that fans that are diehard that really want that scare factor, maybe a little bit 
put off by it because they went a little bit more commercial this time around. Now, this is not the first time that they've gone commercial, that they've strayed away from their tried and true formula to make it more of a general action game in many sense. And I think that for me, I like it more when they go to this. For me, it's more approachable than just, okay, where's the next jump scare? Where's the next jump scare? This to me is more like I want action. I got action. I got a little bit of scares. I got a, a little bit of a story that tells everything that's going on. Yeah. To me, it looks like something I want to get to, into as well. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a great game. And, you, you know, you like you were saying with the action stuff, like Resident Evil 4 and 5 were very action-oriented. Like they set you on a linear path. And this one, you don't worry about. It's not a linear path. There's plenty to explore. It's just... It's a game that revolves more around, I don't know, like old myths, you know, like uh, werewolves, vampires, things like that. So, so far I'm digging it. I'll probably have a more like in-depth review once I get into it. I think I'm about three hours into the six hour gameplay. So I'm about halfway through. So I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll be done with it soon. Oh, that's awesome. And we'll talk about getting into games here in a conversation that we're going to have here in a little bit. We're going to be talking about Pokemon Snap on the back end of the show real quick. And did Nintendo really push it or give it that mm, that they should have we'll talk about that coming up here in a bit josh our guest today on the program has answered the call you asked i delivered i brought you the awesome ben arnault from smoking hot confessions he is on today's show not only to talk pop culture with dc and marvel and a lot of great talk there but he's here to answer your question on grilling and cooking and of course he's got some great ideas from the smoking hot confessions community as well so he is going to answer that question on today's show awesome yes i this is a mystery i've been wanting solved for a long time i wish i could have been there present for this conversation but i really appreciate him taking the time to answer my question and yeah i'm excited to get back on the grill after i i hear this mystery solved Absolutely. And that's coming up later in the program. Josh's steak taco mystery will be solved on this week's program. But first, my friend, before we hit the break and the first part of my conversation with Ben Arnault, Apple Plus, it's been out for a little while now. And I wanted to ask you, as someone who probably has better access to it than I do, where do we stand with Apple Plus? Because to me, it trickles out some content here and there it has some well-known actors tom hanks it's had chris evans uh, contributed some things as well as well i wanted to ask you where do we stand when it comes to apple plus because i don't feel that it's at the point where it needs to be to me it's like we're, we're flashback to 2016 and i said this on last week's show with marcus with on the pcc multiverse and that amazon prime video I was ripping them a new one each and every week. And you were the brunt of it when I was going ahead and saying that, by the way, about how they had all this cash and they have this little Amazon Prime video thing on the side and they were doing nothing with it. I feel that they're doing the same thing now. Apple Plus was announced and I thought they were going to put a lot of real weight, content, money, and a whole lot of things behind it. And I just don't feel that they've done enough yet to support it. Yeah, so to me, it, it seems like they're... I don't know, like the, the people who don't go to them specifically come to them with ideas that were rejected elsewhere. You look at some of these shows that are exclusive to Apple Plus. It's a lot of big name talent, right? Jason Momoa, you have Tom Hanks. Like I said, you have Hanks, Chris yeah. Evans. They've all had projects on them. Evans. 
And by the yeah. way, Megan Price, thank you so much for sharing the video. We truly appreciate it. Yeah. So this is like it, it's you know I I don't I don't want to say that it's like doesn't have potential because it does, but they're putting more effort into specific things as opposed to a lot of things. And this is where like Netflix hits and misses with this, right? Like they're putting new stuff out there every month, and some of it's good, some of it's every bad. week. Some of it, yeah, some of it goes completely under the radar. Apple Plus is like, they're more oriented towards numbers. And because of that, I think they're going to be slightly behind in the race, no matter how good their shows are. You know, like every streaming service that has come out has had good shows of some kind. Like Stars, like Stars had a lot of good originals for a long time. And now people don't really even talk about Stars anymore. So no. I don't know. It's just, I guess, the way that they market things. To me, with Apple Plus, I guess it's the fact that like they don't bundle everything together. So it's still an extra cost on top of what you're already paying. Like right now, they can instantly, instantly overnight, just like they uh, put out YouTube. Mm -hmm. on your phone they could instantly give you apple plus and everyone apple plus and they could lead the entire world overnight right so with this so like i just got into apple arcade and i got some kind of package deal but it doesn't have apple tv right so i got apple arcade i got apple music or whatever it is and i got access to the cloud but i don't have this other thing so the the issue i i take with apple especially when it comes to their tv shows is the fact that I have to pay an extra fee on top of the fees that I'm already playing or paying to to deal with their other things. Whereas Amazon Prime, you get everything bundled, including Prime Video, which and they are now making a concerted awful. effort to put content out on. Yeah, yeah, it's all one flat fee. And again, like you know, you get the the music, you get the TV, you get their their Audible, you get access to um, what was their like Kindle. Yeah, you get, whatever. A, you get a cloud uh, and everything. So it, it's all bundled into that same subscription fee. But with Apple, I mean, you have this resource and the knowledge of the fact that you have the ability to go ahead and put it on so many different mm -hmm. outlets. I mean, I mean, the phone, Apple phones, iPhones are the most popular phone on the planet. Just imagine if you dropped Apple Plus right now. I think they did in November, they made it free for a little, for a little bit just to give everybody a taste. But if they made it free or part of the package on everybody's phone right now, just yeah. think, yeah, that's something Netflix can't do. That's something that even Amazon Prime can't do. That's something Disney Plus can't do. But <laughs> it seems like they're missing something, that they're, they're, they're just feeding you breadcrumbs with content. But the problem is it's not plentiful and... It, once it just after a week or two, it just goes away and people go ahead and, okay, what's on Disney Plus? What's on Netflix? I mean, Netflix is going to be spending $19 billion over the course of the next fiscal year on content. Disney Plus is going to send, what, 20 different shows of Marvel or Star Wars within the next year, year and a half. I mean, they're talking about that, as many as that. You're seeing that in return on the investment when you're a viewer of these these outlets. Amazon Prime is spending a billion dollars on the Lord of the Rings series, 500 million to get the rights and 500 million on season one. Plus mm -hmm. they're acquiring movies. Paramount Plus has even tried to go ahead and up its game in, in recent weeks about TV shows and also acquiring movies and talking about the 30 to 45 day window for some of its movies. They have such an advantage over their competition in many ways. What can they do to get back into this ball game and make sure that they have a service that people actually want? 
they need to bundle it with their music and their arcade because like right now like i said there's so many different services on apple and there's no way to get them all together you have to pay these different fees and granted 4.99 a month for apple tv is not bad compared to some of the other ones but there's nothing on it like once you watch a show like there's nothing on it that justifies keeping it and with most most things apple it's really it's not exactly easy to cancel services from them so like there's there's a lot of like i don't know calls and clicks you got to make to make that happen so i don't know like to me if they want really wanted to like they would go more than a seven-day trial because you know look at what was it hbo used to give you what 14 days or something like yeah, that 14 netflix. days and netflix used to give you the old 30-day trial you know i i know mm-hmm. i love that but it's just something that i think that apple is going to have to realize in order to catch up it needs to go ahead and cut some corners yeah blank. right and you know another thing like amazon prime i know they don't specifically work in the television industry but they have a studio like they have things that they have a whole section of amazon that's specifically devoted to tv shows where you look at apple like apple tv's been up for like what a year year and a half and you know they don't operate the same way that everyone else does so whereas like amazon netflix hulu like they can get away with stuff like this apple tv there's no like motivating factor to get people to even like check out what they're offering well, it is going to be a question on how Apple Plus goes forward and if it really wants to become a major entity in the streaming marketplace. Uh, I mean, they're behind the eight ball right now, but they have the unique advantage of catching up at any point in time with just one click of the button. And uh, Josh, with your Apple phone, boom, it could go right on there and yeah. you could enjoy Apple Plus and that could take over your life. And that, that's the, that, that's what they could do at Apple. But for right now, Apple Plus sits far back in the race of the streaming outlets. What are your thoughts out there on Apple Plus? Do you think it's something that should be more? Do you think it's something that people would be interested in if it became a lot larger? Do you think it can reach the top of the streaming wars? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it is the man indeed from Australia, Ben Arno from Smoking Hot Confessions. He's going to be here to talk DC, Marvel, a lot of grilling. And of course, he will answer the burning question that Josh had a couple weeks ago. And we will go ahead and play actually that clip during that interview when that comes up. So we're looking forward to going in and having him on coming up here next, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! And we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here for a little bit of a treat once again as he has entered the realm of the Pop Culture Cosmos on another occasion. He's back for more. You know him as the superstar podcaster that's out there, the celebrity among all podcasters when it comes to grilling, barbecuing, and everything that tastes and smells good straight from the grill. It is my good friend indeed. 
You got to catch him anything at all relating to these words, smoking hot confessions. You just type that in on a Google, a Bing, whatever search you want, and everything pops up from his YouTube, from his social media, from his Facebook, from his great community, from his book, from everything that he does, including that podcast, which he's got awards. I haven't even congratulated him on, actually I did on social media, but I haven't even congratulated on live yet for him. It is the master griller from Australia himself, Ben Arno. And Ben, I mean, my intros get longer when it comes to you, but they definitely get better. They do, mate. They do. I think when we started this, it was just like, oh yeah, this is Ben uh, from Australia. He likes barbecue. <laughs> no, no, I always had a good intro for you. I always no, had a good I know, intro. I, know, I, know. Yeah, I, yeah. I always make sure to make my guests feel welcome anytime I can. And I know you didn't get a chance to hear a couple episodes ago on the Pop Culture Cosmos, but I wanted to refresh you on that if I could and everyone out there. Uh, Josh, my good friend, he moved to Texas in recent months and has picked up the art of grilling. And I say art because it is an art. If you compare an individual like me doing it on a regular basis to an expert like Ben, it is an art. I will just say that. But yes, he has become infatuated with the grill and talked about a lot of things. So before we go into his question, and that's going to come up in a bit, I know my friend Ben Arnault has been on the show outside of just barbecuing and grilling. And that is his love of pop culture because his love of pop culture rivals his loves of grilling. Although, you know, you got to eat, you can't eat pop culture. So I think maybe the grilling might be a little bit more, but my friend, I know you and I, last time we spoke, it was coming up upon the Snyder verse, as far as the justice league coming back out, as far as the Snyder cut is concerned, we were still, I think at WandaVision at that point in time, I know the Marvel universe has grown like, leaps and bounds become a lot more solidified as far as the dates we're going to see movies, the dates we're going to see episodes of this and that on Disney+. Plus. I want to get your thoughts first off on the DC universe and obviously the Snyder versus first because it doesn't look like Zack Snyder will have any more affiliation going forward with DC. After watching Justice League, the Snyder Cut, does that disappoint you or does that make you say, you know what? I'm all good with that. I'm okay. Mate, all I want to say is hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Okay. Right. <laughs> Which is a huge turnaround for me, I know, because we've we've spoken about Justice League before. We have. Um, we've spoken about Batman versus Superman. And to be honest, I've, I've not been a fan of them at all. I, I thought the 2017 Justice League was just an absolute train wreck, just a flaming hot burning train wreck. And... I was a little bit skeptical for the Zack Snyder's Justice League, but mate, I we we loved it. We absolutely loved it. My wife and son and I sat down and watched it together, and we were absolutely enthralled for the entire what was it four and a half hours or something it was. Yeah. Um. So we we just absolutely loved it. We went, ah, oh, that's what this was supposed to be. Yeah. Okay, now we get it. This is awesome. You know, I, I liked that Wonder Woman, for example, was genuinely treated as an Amazonian warrior princess and not, you know, the the short-skirted, sexy girl for the boys to look at in the cinema type thing, you know? Like, she, yeah. she, she was every bit as tough as everybody else and kicked butt and took names, and she was just treated a lot more respectfully in this one than, than in the 2017 one. 
which uh, you know I've I've always been a bit vocal about that, and uh, I, I was really happy to see that she she got the respect that she deserved. The only thing that I didn't like was I thought that Ben Affleck could have at least turned up to film that little stinger scene at the end. It seemed so very obviously CGI'd to me. I don't know what they were. What oh, they with were the with the alternate there. universe and all that. With Superman becoming evil and, and all that, are you talking about the end, the closing oh, scene with sorry. the Joker? Sorry, no, I I, I think it might have been just just a little bit before that. When he's getting um, up and he speaks to Martian Manhunter. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. It it really looked CGI'd to me, and it looked. Well, I think originally it was it was supposed to be he, they was talking to two Green Lanterns, and Warner Brothers nixed that idea because they didn't want him introducing Green Lanterns back into the universe other than those small little clips of what they've shown as part as montages that they showed during the course of Justice League. He didn't want a full-fledged introduction or reintroduction to them because they have their own plans for Green Lantern, which they've since announced with the series coming up, and they have a, an actor already filling the role for a version of Green Lantern coming up that they've already talked about. Like, I wasn't too worried about the Martian Manhunter CGI. Like, I thought, oh, okay, you know, fair, fair enough. You know, you got a, mm -hmm. a, a, a Martian who's going to be flying around, and this is, you know, sort of TV budget type thing. But the, it, it was the CGI on Ben Affleck himself that I just thought, oh, that's a bit rubbish. It, it, it just didn't look like him in the rest of the movie. And, look, I'm back on Team Justice League. I'd, I want to see the Flashpoint movie. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I've been reading online about how sparkly vampire Batman, how that's going to be part of the multiverse that they're going to introduce with the flash or something like that. And you're talking about Robert Pattinson. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. Just, just, just mentally blanking his, uh, his, his name there. Um, well, I love those sparkly <laughs> brooding um, also as well, but he'll be brooding again here uh, in this uh, Batman. It's not going to be year one, but like a year two or three, a very early stage of Batman. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there, there's a couple of things that I like there. Um, I like that he's that is uh, you know, the motorcycle that we've seen in the car. I like that they all look homemade. I think one of the things that really captured people about Iron Man when Iron Man first came out was that we got to see him build that first suit in a cave with a hammer and a charcoal fire in the corner, you know. And I think I think that that that, that appeal is going to carry over into this new Batman movie. But now, look, Justice League, I thought it was awesome. I loved it. I don't know that I'm going to sit down and watch the black and white version. I don't know that it's going to make that much of a difference to see it in, in black and white over color. Everything made sense. Mm -hmm. like, like we actually got to spend time with Cyborg, for example, and we got mm -hmm. to see how integral he was to the story. And it made it a lot easier to see why the actor got so upset with the way that his character had been treated because he he really did just sort of get cut out of the story almost completely in the 2017 version when yeah. in the Snyderverse version, he, he is the, the, the integral element to that whole storyline. And uh, I, I'm really disappointed that he's not going to be in further DC movies at this stage. Cause I would yeah. love to have seen him in the, in the upcoming flashpoint movie. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to make these boom tubes without him. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was just better in, in every single way. I must say that the um, the Joss Whedon cut, I really did like seeing uh, Joe Manganiello as um, as Deathstroke. I, I I would have loved to have seen more of that. And you do see I, a little bit more of that in the Snyder cut, a little, a bit. little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like like I I would love to have seen that sort of become a a Batfleck solo film and just see him squaring off against Deathstroke. Yeah. 
I was really looking forward to that because I thought, oh, look, if if, if someone's going to do Deathstroke right, it'll be Joe Manganiello. So uh, I was a bit disappointed that we're not going to get any more of the Zack Snyderverse. But, you know, never say never. You know, for, for years they were saying that they're never going to do the, the Snyder cut. And now here we are yeah. four years later and it's done and people love it. And, you know, I, I dare say Warner Brothers has made all the money. And so I don't see why... From a business perspective, you would go back and do the Snyder version, and then not do the sequel and the and the third one in the trilogy. I just don't see why you'd bother. You'd just close the book on it and go, okay, yep, that's it. Let's move on. You know, if you're going to invest that much money in in getting that one out, why not continue it? Yeah, you know, it just it, that that part of it doesn't make sense to me. But then at the time. It also didn't make sense to me to release the Snyder Cut at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's see. Warner Brothers might just be faking us all out by saying that they're not going to do any more Snyderverse. And then in about two or three years' time, they'll start rumors about the sequel. And then in, maybe in four or five years' time, we'll actually see it. Well, one of the criticisms I have now and had then with Warner Brothers is, uh, you know, e- even with the Justice League, it's supposed to be what it serves as a, a centrifying force for all these outside projects, for all these solo projects to all come together as one. And if you don't have a Justice League or an end goal in mind, you're just making movies hand over fist. You're doing things the way you used to. You see, here's a Superman, then we'll make a sequel Superman, and then you know, which they are going to be doing. And the Henry Cavill looks like he's not going to be involved in that aspect. And there's also, uh, you know, Batman. We'll make a Batman and a Batman two, and yada yada yada. But as we've seen with Marvel, it is so much more fulfilling as a viewer to go ahead and come together and have an ultimate goal to watch and to see everything tied together. And I know DC was trying to do that and then stopped doing it. And currently, right now, with no Zack Snyderverse to centrify everything or anything else that they've mentioned. And they've talked about interactions with Shazam and Black Adam, which is a natural there, and a little bit of Superman, maybe Henry Cavill, who may not get his own solo project anymore, but it may appear as a guest on other people's movies and in bit performances here and there. It still doesn't mean anything if you don't have a centrifying hole. And now is Flashpoint going to be that, or is it just going to be one part of that? That's going to be a question a lot of people are asking because you know, there's got to be an end goal. There's got to be a reward for the consumer now for watching all these films. If not, why do it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I was uh, counting up the other day um, how many Marvel films there were, and uh, according to what I read on the internet, there's 23 of them. Mm-hmm. So you've you've sat, you've paid, and you've watched 23 movies. What's that about 50 hours of of movie? Exactly. And, and you do get that big the big Thanos face off at the end there. Yeah. You get the payoff uh, for it. Yeah. 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 There's the return on investment there. And it's just hard to see what roadmap, if any Warner brothers is working towards. But like I said, right at the top, I would love to see the justice league two and three. And the, the other kind of uh, thing that that caught me by surprise was after I hated him so much in the first Joss Whedon justice league, I now want to see more of Jared Leto's Joker. I thought that was much more interesting, much much better portrayed in the Zack Snyder version. And I'd like I'd I'd love to see how the story of how he ends up being on Batman's 
little band of rebels at the end of the in the stinger there when so many of the others have been killed you know like what what is it about the joker that has made him outlast wonder woman and aquaman you know that yeah that would be an interesting gap to fill story-wise hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast if you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. And that means right now you've got to go to Big Bad Toy Store for the two-disc Blu-ray to check out all 10 episodes. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. Wow, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Almost promo worthy there. But, you know, I already asked you for fresh new promos, but that's beside the point. I knew I was supposed to write something else. Once again, I'm speaking to Ben Arnaud, the superstar podcaster that he is from Smoking Hot Confessions. If you haven't had a chance to check out what he's doing, please do so today at anything relating to the words Smoking Hot Confessions, whether it's videos, podcasts, everything out there, his book, his website, his community on Facebook, his social media, the whole nine yards. It is Ben Arno from Smoking Hot Confessions. Before we hit to the grilling, my friend, Marvel, obviously a company that is, I don't want to say doing it right, but it, it, it seemingly have a darn good direction to head. It's like, okay, if you went to Warner Brothers and you looked at their dry erase board and you looked at it, it's like a whole bunch of race marks and a whole bunch of like marks there that were once there on directions that they want to go that they're no longer going and things like that. If you go to Kevin Feige's office and you see the dry erase board, it seems like a solid straight line with some branching out here and there along the timeline. But the ultimate end goal is still there. Even though we don't know what that is, most likely leading to some type of Avengers movie down the line, but we know it's coming and we know it's going to be there. So I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with Marvel. Again, the last time we spoke was around the time of WandaVision. It was going strong at that time and proved to be a great success for them. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or as we say now, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, has proven to be an even bigger success. And then the Black Widow movie and Loki series are coming along the way. I want to hear your thoughts on Marvel and where it stands now and how excited are you for the future? As you said, when we last spoke, it was around WandaVision. Loved it. Thought it was absolutely fantastic. I love the fact that the, the first episode I watched, I sat there and went, what the hell was that? And was just really confused by it all. But then it all, it all became clear by the end and, and how well that, that came together. As a child of the 80s, I loved it when they switched gears into uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and just went pure action. I thought that was really good. It had so many elements that made when the Russo brothers came on board with the second Captain America, the yes, I, the Winter Soldier. I, I think that was the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many of those sort of the almost James Bond espionage-ish combined with over-the-top Marvel action. I thought all that stuff was was great. I I really did love that. I uh, I would have liked to have seen a bit of a better ending for the main villainess there that she'd been built up as being this, you know, uh, Captain America 2.0 in terms of the super soldier serum and all this sort of stuff. And then she just kind of got shot by a, by a non superhero and 
just just die end up dying yeah because we've seen yeah, captain like, america i mean she's been shot twice during the series you're talking about the leader of the flag smashers there were some loose ends that they didn't tie up then again there were i think there are more loose ends they're both solid series i liked falcon a little tiny bit more than wandavision but you're right when it comes to her and i know that we talked about it on the show where and she gets shot a couple times but then she gets shot in the last episode and we've seen steve rogers captain america with a supposedly less qualified super serum because it's supposed to be a better more advanced version i feel like i'm going to the store and i should be picking that up and it has like this science that's new improved formula (laughs) and that it's supposed to be something like him you know because he was shot like 50 times during the course of the mcu movies so many times exactly and he he blows everything off and it she's like after the second one that she takes this time from sharon carter who also got shot but okay, yeah. she's fine and she doesn't need super serum because she's a power broker. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is something that was very obvious from almost the initial seconds that she was actually appearing on that first episode. You could tell that that was going in that direction. But I think it was a great watch for me and I, I enjoyed it immensely. I know it's formulaic Marvel, but it's still, to me, the best way that Marvel can go. Yeah, I, I know that there was a lot of dark backlash to having a black Captain America. I thought it was fantastic. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I loved the Isaiah Bradley story that they had. The, yes, the, very the touching. Story there. Yes. Hugely emotional in, in what was essentially a 98% action show. And I think it was very poignant for, well, as, as an outsider looking in, it was very poignant for, as you said, where society is at the moment. Yeah. And uh, and and where it needs to go and what needs to happen for the healing to to take place. I don't want to get all all political on that, but other yeah. than to say that that I loved it and I'm looking forward to seeing more Captain Falcon America or, or whatever that joke was that they threw in there. You know, yes. What do we call you now, Captain Falcon or Falcon America or whatever? whatever something like that. Yeah. But, but Loki's going to be something in, in, I guess very much different, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with that because it's going to be very quirky. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be different. I likened it to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I think was something that I think has been thrown out there. But it is Ben Arnaud from The Smoking Hot Confessions. Thank you so much for joining me as always, my friend. But your hopes for Marvel going forward because you have, like I said, Loki, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. You also have The Eternals, which got its first footage shown out this week. You have also Doctor Strange 2 on the way. You have Thor, Love, and Thunder. You have so much to look forward to. How does it make you feel right now as a Marvel fan? Look, I'm, I'm super excited for, for what's coming up. I've been waiting for so long for the Black Widow movie. And you and I I've, both. I've, I, it's, it's like the sheen is almost rubbed off. Like the, I've, I've watched so many different versions of the trailer and watched them so many times. I'm like, ugh. But... I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to pay for it. Like I'm still going to, you know, do all the things, but I, I I just feel like it's been so long. Like I said, Loki is coming out. That's going to be really cool. It's going to be really quirky. It's going to be really different. Shang-Chi. I'm super excited about Shang-Chi because if I'm not on the barbecue, then I'm at the martial arts gym. And uh, so I've, I've, I've been a huge martial arts fan for ever since my dad first showed me the karate kid when I was about five years old, really looking forward to that. I love the actor who's playing Shang-Chi I've watched every single episode of, of Kim's Convenience yeah. and love that show. That that just puts my wife and I in absolute stitches because we lived in South Korea for two years 
So um, all those kind of the the tropes and the jokes and all that sort of stuff, we we get that because we learned to speak Korean by going to the little grocery store on the corner and going and speaking to the uh, to the mum and pop running their little corner convenience store. So we love that show. We we love that actor, and I'm really excited for that. For for me, Black Widow, I think it's just anticipation fatigue. I've always wanted to see her in her own film. Now it it has happened, but it's just been such a long wait now because of all the madness of last year. I'm just a bit yeah. fatigued, basically, from the from the anticipation of it. But yeah, I think it's Shang Chi for me, and plus a lot of that film was shot here in Australia, so you know, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. But my friend, pop culture is still so great to be alive, and finally now getting able to see all these projects come to fruition. It makes us excited for it, but not as excited as what you've got planned for everybody out there. So while I go ahead and start up here the grill that I'm going to be starting up, because I promised you last time we would go ahead and and we were on the air. And the next time you show up, I'm going to go ahead and run the grill. I've got a little portable grill that I'm going to be doing and throwing some chicken on there. So you can give me some advice while I'm going and doing that. But I first want you to make sure that you have plenty of time to go ahead and prep everyone why they need to check out everything relating to smoking hot confessions. Yeah, thank you. And uh, first of all, I just want to give you a a big congratulations for being very responsible and using an electric grill inside. Yes, um, we would never recommend anybody to uh, to light up some charcoal inside. That's gonna that's gonna be a very bad day if they if they decide to do that. So, but like um, I mentioned before, we went on the air. That would be podcasting gold if you know it, this whole house went up in flames during the broadcast. It's it's more the carbon monoxide poisoning that I'd be worried about before I'd be worried about the house catching fire. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I'd probably pass out before then. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, my friend. Smoking hot confessions. It's such a great experience, and you need to tell them why. Yeah, so we, um, we've we got our, our website where we have um, all our recipes, our tips, our how-tos. We've, of course, all the podcast episodes go up there. During the, the downtime that we had last year when we weren't traveling around the, the, the world going to different barbecue festivals, we retooled the podcast. So now it's a, it's a video show as well, which has gone over really well. So each, each and every episode, every Thursday at 4 p.m., Australian Eastern Standard Time, a new episode is coming out. We've switched from a series format to a weekly format. So we did 50 episodes last year compared to about 25 is what we were doing before that. And the other thing that that we've been working on recently, which will be starting in the next couple of weeks, is I've just finished yet yesterday, actually, I just finished building my brand new uh, outdoor barbecue kitchen. And so I've built like a like an outdoor cooking kitchen studio tv recording type place complete with roof mounted camera mounts for all those beautiful overhead shots of the grill and all that sort of stuff so we're going to be um, making a return to recipe videos and cooking videos and all that sort of stuff so we're going to be adding that to the repertoire soon we're doing a a big growth push over on youtube at the moment so if people want to go over and subscribe to us over there if video content is your thing youtube is the best place to keep up with our video content because it's uh, you know it's it, it's made for video it's just so much easier to actually um keep keep track of it all on youtube there so that's what we're up to that, that's where we're heading now and as i said life is starting to get back to normal so a few weeks ago i was actually able to travel down to sydney i'm on the gold coast which is about a 10-hour drive north and so i managed to fly down to sydney and then out into the forests for a barbecue festival down there and managed to record a couple of podcast episodes down there. And so those those live episodes are going to be coming out 
next week and the week after. So uh, that's going to be pretty good too. Oh, that's awesome. And once again, it all starts with the word smoking hot confessions. If you're not checking out what he's done so far, you need to do so today. Although do not go on an empty stomach. That's all I tell you right now. That's, that's the best advice I can give. So always, always said that. So I go rushing out to Costco every time we talk, you know, yeah. something like that. But the grill has started for me. I'm doing a couple chicken breasts. I'm right underway right here. Any suggestions before the fire gets real? I typically will uh, season them up before they go on the grill. Okay. And then um, I'd, I like to actually do them with a bit of offset heat and then a bit of direct sear to finish them. Now, with that particular grill that you've got there, you're not going to be able to do that. So you might want to try and thin them out a bit because chicken breasts tend to be quite thick in the middle. And if you're just using a, a direct heat, you'll end up burning the outside before you manage to cook the very inside of it. That is correct. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd be looking at doing something like that, either maybe slicing them and butterflying them or getting a meat mallet and a chopping board and sort of bashing them out a bit just to thin them out so you get a bit more even cook. Excellent advice from you again on that. So I wanted to go ahead, though. I want to play a clip for everyone out there. It was a couple of weeks ago that Josh... And this is not just the only reason why I bring you on the show, my friend, uh, when Josh requests it. I, I also bring on the show because I know you love talking pop culture. But Josh, a couple of weeks ago, had talked about an issue he was having with his grilling. Oh, okay. I've dabbled in like wing cooking. I've dabbled in drumstick cooking, dabbled in steak. You know, I'd love to talk to Ben Arnault about when you make like steak tacos, how he keeps the meat tender instead of feeling like you're eating beef jerky. Would love to have that conversation. That's the only thing I've been struggling with as far as barbecues go. They're just not coming out the way he likes. So, you know, he's got the big Weber out there in, in Texas. So he's got the big grill outside. What do you suggest for him or anyone out there in regards to steak? I mean, we've talked about steak on this show as far as how you grill it, how you approach it, and how you deal with it. But this is a little bit different because you're talking about smaller strips, which are very, a little bit trickier to cook. They're a little bit trickier because they don't always come out right. You, you pay attention to maybe a couple and then you don't get the other ones, or maybe you don't, they don't cook out right, or they're not seasoned all correctly. Your thoughts on making sure that grilling's done, those grilling, those strips is tender and stays tender because I think that's the problem he really has. Yeah, well, the, the first thing um, that I'd say to that is to make sure that you're getting an appropriate cut of steak. So if you're doing something like like tacos, then you, you're going to want something that's maybe a little bit thinner um, to start with, like a skirt steak or a maybe even a, a piece of flank steak. But the way that we like to do it here at Smoking Hot Confessions is we're huge fans of picanha. And mm -hmm. We were first introduced to picanha by some Brazilian students. My wife and I are both English language teachers in our day jobs. And so we, we got introduced by them. And then we've had a lot of experience with it through the Brazilian jiu-jitsu club that we've joined. So when we do steak tacos, we'll go to the butcher shop. And here in Australia, it's called a rump cap. The picanha is a little bit of a, of a different cut, but it, it's pretty close. It's 90% the same cut if you just get a, a rump cap. And so what I'll do then is I'll chop that into about probably one inch thick slices and then I'll get a whole bunch of rock salt, nice big giant rock salt crystals and cover the entire side with salt crystals and then let that sit for five to 10 minutes and then flip it over and salt the whole other side and let that sit for about five to 10 minutes. 
and then what that does is the it's called a, a it's called a salt bath and it actually works to tenderize the meat and so mm -hmm. then from there depending on on how salty you like it or how salty the doctor says you should be having it you can either rinse the salt off the steak with some water i like to just sort of bang the steak on the cutting board and just sort of knock off all the loose salt and then just direct grill it over the heat and one of the things that will help a lot with making sure that your steak is the right temperature is if you get an instant read thermometer now what that is it's a little handheld device and folding out of the handle it kind of folds out like a pocket knife almost and it's got a big long needle on one end and you just stick the tip of the needle into the meat and it'll give you a read of the internal temperature within about three seconds it'll, it'll tell you what the exact internal temperature is so using that you can then make sure that you're getting your steak to the exact point that you like it so depending on on how you like it you want to sort of pull your steak off the grill when it's about five to ten degrees fahrenheit under where you want it and then pull the steak off onto a plate wrap that plate in aluminium foil and the steak will continue to rise that last five or ten degrees fahrenheit to hit that nice point so we actually did exactly this two weeks ago today actually I'd almost finished my little barbecue kitchen and we couldn't wait anymore. So we uh, put aside all the, all the power saws and swept up the sawdust and put the little grill out on top of my workbench. And we had a few uh, cervezas and, uh, and cooked up some picanha there. And we made the most delicious picanha taco. So we sliced the rump cap into one inch thick slices, did the salt bath like I talked about, banged the salt off, direct grilled the steaks directly over the charcoal. And then what I'd like to do is I like to get a super sharp knife and I'll try and cut the steaks then across the grain into as thin a slices as possible. And if, if I can, if my knife is sharp enough, instead of just cutting at 90 degrees perpendicular to the meat, I'll actually try and come across it at about 45 degrees. And so that just sort of helps to improve the mouthfeel of the steak there as well. So if you have gone a little bit over what you were aiming for, that just sort of makes it feel a little bit softer than perhaps what it would be if you were just cutting it up in big chunks and, and eating it like a steak on a plate kind of thing. Now we just took some wraps. We just had just some basic wrap bread in the fridge and we just took some of that with some, what did I put in there? There was tomatoes, avocados, green capsicum and some cucumber. And I just rough diced chopped it into a salsa and then grabbed a fresh lime and cut that open and squeezed the lime over the salad and just simply picked up the wrap, threw a couple of strips of this picanha in, sprinkled some of the tomato and avocado and capsicum and cucumber over the top of that, and then just a few drops of hot sauce. And, oh, man, it was so good. It was fresh. It was delicious. It was straight off the grill. We literally had the little tabletop grill sitting right beside where we were eating, and it was just beautiful. It was absolutely fantastic. My gosh got me hungry again. I will tell you right now, though, there's nothing more delectable than the recipes that this man creates and, and works up. And Josh, I hope you got a chance to go ahead and check this out. And when you do, I hope you get a chance to go ahead and utilize it. And in fact, I'm going to say this to him on the air. He needs to go ahead and send you proof. So I'll have him send a, a shot over to your, maybe your Instagram or maybe to one of your various social media outlets that's available for Smoking Hot Confessions to show you exactly how right you are. Some proof of taco photographs. That's correct. Proof of taco indeed. But my friend, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and mention this because you have such a vast community 
of people that absolutely love what you do and you have such a great interaction with them. And as someone who has a group of followers himself that he is so blessed to have, seeing you with your legions of followers now that go ahead and interact with you, especially with all things barbecuing and grilling, it's so great to see. I want to hear your thoughts. It's not always have to be coming from you because you've always talked about some of the influences in grilling that you have had and that you've talked to and that you've spoken out with on your show and that you've visited all over the world. What are some of the great ideas that your community at the Smoking Hot Confessions has conveyed to you that you've said, you know what, this is pretty darn good? Oh, mate, look, I, I tell you what, the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook, one of the things that we've always been careful of is one, keeping the group family friendly, mm-hmm. two, not putting up with any riffraff, and three, always being inclusive. So it's a beautiful family-friendly group that's solely focused on barbecue. And some of the uh, cooks that we're seeing come through this this group, it's just phenomenal. So just just last night, actually, 14 hours ago, Mark McDonald, he's a fella from uh, from uh, Victoria, mm-hmm. and he, um, he put up this beautiful uh, sort of quick little recipe with some photos and that he so he explained to everyone how he did it he did some wagyu beef cheeks done over cherry wood with mallee root charcoal and mallee root charcoal is some of the best charcoal in the world it's from the it's from the mallee bush uh from south australia and it's some fantastic charcoal and he uh he did them offset so he he smoked them until they hit the temperature and the color that he wanted and then threw them in a beef stock and then when it was time to pull the beef cheeks actually then sort of pulled them in 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 terms of making it look like pulled pork and then ran it through a through a ragu sauce and and made a a ragu and papadel pasta with grated parmesan out of these smoked beef cheeks it was just phenomenal we got another fella dean monk in the group he did a rack of lamb last night that was just absolutely phenomenal chef philip dell you might have seen him on the on television i think he was in chopped he's got a series of photos up recently about doing some wagyu briskets and there's a fella in this group called acilio benedetti anything that this guy puts together is just absolutely incredible he's got some photos up he literally just put up 20 minutes ago about red velvet lamington pancakes with raspberry and rhubarb compote and raspberry coconut crumb. I mean, it's incredible stuff. It's absolutely phenomenal. Here's another photo of of one of his burgers, a double walnut feta and lamb burger with halloumi cheese, mama melis infused tzatziki and grilled red onion. I mean, you know, it's all the things that you want a Big Mac to be and it just isn't. So (laughs) uh, a very good friend of the show, actually, Julianne Tyndall Davies, and she and her husband, Glenn, they run a smoker manufacturing business called Jagged from Western Australia. She actually just won International Team of the Year for Brisket in KCBS. Wow. Um, so, yeah, she's she does a lot of stuff in there as well. Linda Zamet and Kate Irving, you know, all, all these just amazing. Jen Carr is absolutely phenomenal. She's a chef and her partner's a photographer. And so, you know, just their 10-minute late Friday night dinner, Oh, I, I forgot to cook dinner. What's in the fridge? Let's throw this together. Even that looks amazing. There's a lot of inspiration to be drawn from that group, regardless of what style of cooking you're into. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful. I, I spend probably 90% of my time that I do spend on social media is done in that group. It's just amazing. And that you can find today at Smoking Hot Confessions 
please be a part of the great community there. I see stuff that's posted on there all the time and the interaction that they have. And like you said, it's family friendly, it's inclusive, and it's a great place to go ahead and get great ideas on your next meal or your next grill outdoors. So yes, my friend, it's just been great talking to you again. Like you said, I've still got a lot of work to do here, getting some grilling action going. i got to go ahead and butterfly it and get it prepared and prepped a little bit more before I go ahead and continue it on the grill. But my friend, it is great to talk to you as always. I look forward to chatting to you soon about everything going on in pop culture and, of course, everything that you're doing in the world of grilling right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Before we head on out, my friend, Nintendo and Pokemon Snap, it did get released out into the wild for Nintendo Switch. But I want to ask you this, it really didn't come out with a whole lot of advertisement. I know a lot of the hardcore fans like Salvador Villa from Storm Rush Gaming, he got a chance to get it. Lucas Egan from the Las Vegas Review Journal, I believe he got it as well. So, I mean, to all the hardcores and all the people that are really, truly invested into the Pokemon universe, they got a chance to get it and they knew about it. But I don't see that fervor for it. I don't see that interest in it. Now, mind you, Nintendo actually knows the sales and it'll probably be good anyway. It's just because it's the latest thing to come out on Switch. But I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think that they really capitalize on the release of Pokemon Snap? So my daughter just started playing this yesterday. And you could tell that it was not, I, I don't know how to explain this. Like Pokemon Snap on Nintendo 64 was fun because of just the idea of going back and having more Pokemon. Like it happened in the midst of that like Pokemon fervor. You have a lot of Pokemon releases coming, right? This is just something that was kind of thrown out there, like the Pokemon Stadium or Pokin, if I remember. Is that what it's called? Pokin DX or whatever it is? Something like that, yeah. Like their fighting game. I don't know. It looks cool, and it's fun for about 10 minutes, and then it just kind of becomes an afterthought. And I, I mean, don't, One of my daughters is a big fan of Pokemon and didn't ask me to get it. Because it's not an RPG. You're literally just taking photos. Like, you know, those little ball things on Jurassic Park, you get in there and you see the park. That's what it is. It's Pokemon Jurassic Park, but you're taking pictures and you're not getting eaten by Pokemon. <laughs> That's all. It is. And like with this, my daughter was like trying to figure out how to get to the next like zone. I like sat there. I'm like, I don't know. This is weird to me. I've never like played this before and I don't know anything about this. And then the game like teaches you how to play as you play it, but you have to keep doing the same things over and over again until you accumulate enough points to go on to the next part. You know, so I, I see I can see where diehard Pokemon fans would really enjoy this one. But the more like casual fans of the Pokemon world probably won't latch on to a title like this. But, you know, you go to like Target or Best Buy, at least out here, and they're sold out everywhere. So, I mean, somebody's buying them and somebody's playing them. It's just not a game for me. You know, I think it's more a game aimed at like little kid fans of Pokemon as opposed to like adult fans of Pokemon. And I think it's going to sell just because it's the latest Pokemon game on the Switch. Yeah. I just think they could have done something so much more to promote it and done something so much more to get it out there as far as 
Pokemon is concerned because Pokemon is such a viable IP right now. Mm-hmm. And anything like we've talked about in relating to the word Pokemon, it sells. And there's an audience right now that's just going to eat up anything that Nintendo's dishing out when it concerns Pokemon. But to me, I think there's an extra level of community that would be interested in it if it knew it came out and knew it was worth getting. Yeah, and that comes down to the marketing, you know, because uh, Game Freak didn't make this one. I want to say it was Bandai made this one. They did Pokemon Tournament, so that's, you know, the one we were talking about. They made this, and yes, it looks good, but you could tell that from the lack of, like, advertisement that Nintendo doesn't even think of it as highly as the other Pokemon properties. They don't think of it as highly as the other Pokemon games that they've as, released, you know? As, yeah, it's like the mainline Pokemon games, or even, like, the, the Let's Go games. Like, the clear lack of advertisement just goes to show you that it's a Pokemon game, but it's not something that holds a, a place in the upper levels of Pokemon gaming. I'm hoping that the next time around for Pokemon that they release something out, they're going to give it a lot higher profile. I mean, this is going to sell, and it's obviously going to be at the top of the MPG charts for maybe the next month, but there's a real possibility it will not have that staying power unless Nintendo puts a little bit more support behind it. I just think after you get past the individuals that are really into the Pokemon world, that it's not going to resonate with them or feel that it's going to be a must-buy because I just don't think Nintendo put its 100% weight behind it this time around. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that's that's a shame because, you know, there is something to be said about a franchise that can go out into multiple genres of gaming and do well. Yeah. You know, and I just, I think that this was not set up to do well. What are your thoughts out there on Pokemon Snap? Are you enjoying your time with it if you got a chance to play it? Or did you pass it up and are not looking to go ahead and invest your money on it this time around? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough, as always, for joining me on today's program. want to give a big shout-out again to Megan Price for sharing this video and also as well all the radio stations that are out there. We're now over 40 strong, so we cannot thank you enough for joining us and everybody watching us out there on Twitch, watching us out there on Facebook, YouTube, and so much more. Please, if you can, check out our awesome tabletop RPG games on our Pop Culture Cosmos Twitch channel, YouTube channel, and Facebook channels. And I know a lot of the back library will be going away at the end of this month from what I've been told by Facebook. So if you want to go ahead and check out all our Facebook videos, better do it soon right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I guess we've got so many that they said, you know what? You guys need to clean up. You guys need to clean up. But my friend, any last thoughts on the way out? We got these summer gaming conferences happening. So, you know, whether or not Pokemon Snap is a good one, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more to talk about as release dates are shifted and, you know, new games are announced and things like that. So I think that holiday season this year is going to be hopefully a better one than next year in terms of like games and movies and things like that. We'll have to wait and see. For right now, if you guys are excited about any titles coming up or you guys have some thoughts on Pokemon Snap, we love to hear them. I also want to do like dive into like what we think are the best entries in the Pokemon franchise at some point in the next few months. So hopefully we'll get a chance to do that. I know what game I'm excited for, and we're on the verge of it this week. Mass Effect. Ooh, buddy, speaking of long games. 
Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming out at the end of this week. I know that's something Marcus and I will be touching upon on the PC Multiverse. Hopefully I will have my copy in and around then. I'm waiting for it. I've already bought it. I've got it on reserve waiting for me, hopefully very soon in the not too distant future. And this could be one of the biggest releases of the year in a year where we don't have as many video games AAA wise coming out. This could be the year once again for Mass Effect. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great